1: Another one of those shows is recorded (laughs) in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond, Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live, mallard.com, M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start, let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things, Robert Clotworthy.
0: On the Mallyard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Mallard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests, and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group.
1: Oh boy, it's been a while, but we got to... Well good evening first and foremost, everybody, or good night, or good morning. No, I don't know. After twelve or thirteen years, you think I'd have that figured out by now, but I don't. Um, my guest tonight is Kevin Harold, a uh, returner for quite a while here. Um, of Shogun Media Shogun Media. Is that I have that right? Yes, yeah, you so got no. it. <laughs> oh I well, earlier I, I kind of just practiced right on that up I said shotgun media, so I was I'm glad I got that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, Kevin, how have you been? Good, my friend. Good to hear your voice. Thanks for having me back on. it's been, it's been a minute.
1: It has been. So, first question, very important. Are yeah. you upset, are you still upset that the Chargers left San Diego?
2: Uh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first things first. Yeah, uh, I was born and raised in San Diego, and I've been a lifelong Charger fan. So when the Chargers left San Diego, it was painful. Um, But I did not leave the team. You know, it's a bit here in San Diego. It's still a bitter thing. I'm telling you, when I walk around in my jersey, every day people hit me up and say, I can't believe you still follow them, this, that, and the other. So I've stayed a fan um, and they've still they've stayed consistent. They still break my heart. So, you know, what can I say?
1: Well, you, you know, I understand it because you know the Raven, the Ravens, were the Browns, and then you go to Cleveland, and so your team left town, and then won a Super Bowl. You must be excited, <laughs> right? That's a good way to make friends. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, aren't you a Steelers fan?
1: I haven't watched the game in quite a while, but yeah, I'm guilty as charged. It's still Heinz yeah. Field,
2: so you know <laughs> they're not doing too bad. They're they're in it.
1: You well, know, I, I heard Kenny Pickett get hurt, so they're probably. Gonna... I, I think they called me and seen if I wanted to start, so I don't know. We'll have to see if I can dust it off. Oh, I, I,
2: I would pay for that. I would pay to see that.
1: <laughs> Kurt Warner, Part Two 0, right? <laughs> right, right,
2: right.
1: Oh uh, so so what's what's let, start with your your, um, Shogun Media? Uh, I don't think we've talked about that on here. I know we've talked about it. Between us, but what do you, what kind of things are you doing? Uh, give me a little bit of a sell because I know there's probably somebody out there thinking about this tonight too. So,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, so Shogun Media is um, my the name of my production company, um, and I started my own production company back in gosh, it's about 2016 now. Uh, I worked for another production company, and then I worked for other production companies before that, but I started my own uh, back in 2016 and kind of made a bet on myself. Um, and that was pretty much because, you know, like as a creative, like if you're a filmmaker or a creative, it's really hard to have creative partners because you see things differently. Um, and it's not that anybody's right or wrong. You just, sometimes you, you just can't get, um, going in the same direction. So anyway, I, I wanted to bet on myself and I wanted to create my own production company. Uh, so I did. And so basically um, when I first started out, which is kind of where you and I, well, you and I actually met before that, but yeah. uh, essentially uh, my company, we create uh, visual content for major corporate brands. So, um, and that, that's kind of a big area, but basically everything from, you know, television commercials to, you know, Uh, Content that you would see on YouTube, you know, um, showcasing a brand's particular product or service. Um, I even do some really high-end training videos that stay in-house with some of these companies. Um, I have a a financial institution that we did some uh, pretty incredible video for, um, you know, uh, bank robbery scenarios and active shooter and workplace violence scenarios where, we actually take a lot of Hollywood uh, style production and and put the viewer in a very real situation. It's not your dad's old training videos. Remember those old boring training videos <laughs> where you wanted to, you know what I mean? Where you wanted to like jump off a bridge, like really, you're not going to make me watch this for 15 minutes. Um, but no, they're really like high end type training videos. So, you know, that's kind of my bread and butter. That's kind of what I do Monday through every day. Um, creating those, those videos. Um, and then every once in a while I get some really cool projects where, um, you know, i like, I'm working with a very well-known, uh, aviation podcast. And, you know, sometimes I get to go, uh, do videos for, uh, for bands like music videos and things like that. Um, but that's not really my bread and butter, my bread and butter's the, on the commercial side. So that's the long and short of my company. That's, that's kind of what I do.
1: Yeah, but you do pretty good at making those music music videos.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, I appreciate that. No, those are actually a lot of fun for me. Uh, like, if I could do that all the time, I would love it. You know, it's a lot of fun. Very creative, um, and it's a fun world to be in. So I, I would love to do more of that. I just don't get the opportunity to do it.
1: Well, we're putting that out into the universe tonight, so guess what? It might happen.
2: Yeah. If If <laughs> you know somebody who knows somebody, give me a call.
1: Um, you, you mentioned the youtube with the um, airplanes give them give i've watched a few of their videos that's not doing any of that justice give us a little bit more about that cuz it's it's pretty phenomenal
2: oh thanks um yeah so um i partnered up uh, with a gentleman by the name of Vincent Iello and his call sign is Jello j e l l o and he is a retired um navy fighter pilot uh, he flew f-18s in the navy as well as f-16s um, and he was also a graduate of the famous top gun fighter weapons school and he was also a instructor uh, at top gun and so when he retired he started a podcast called the fighter pilot podcast and um, it started off as a traditional podcast audio only Um, And over the years, it grew in popularity. Uh, In fact, I think it still is the number one rated podcast worldwide for military aviation. Um, And uh, so I hooked up with him and he wanted to do a video podcast. He wanted to take it from audio only to video. So I worked closely with him to start the video podcast version of his show. Um, and we did that, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe starting about a year, year and a half ago. Um, and we film it here locally in San Diego about, um, maybe 25, 30 minutes away from Miramar Naval or what used to be Miramar Naval Air Station, you know, famed Top Gun, um, Naval Air Station. But, uh, yeah, so I've been doing that with him for, I don't know better part of a year and it's really it's a really great show and i've had the opportunity to meet some incredible aviators i mean these people are amazing i've always been a fan of aviation my whole life especially military aviation and to be in their presence and meet these folks and listen to their stories um, is just oh my gosh it's so cool um so yeah i so i do the video i shoot the video for him in the studio um uh, i do some of the editing there's some other folks that do editing uh but we help them out with that show so that's the fighter pilot podcast and if you look it up on youtube just put in the fighter pilot podcast and it'll come up
1: and and uh, shogun is it what like shogunmedia.com
2: got shogunmediausa.com and shogun is spelled a little different so it's s h o w g u n media USA.com
1: I had it almost right (laughs) okay question for Kevin here let's uh, from the legendary Germantown runner what is what is the market like for online video training do you use artificial intelligence to help you with your content
2: oh wow David you just opened a can of worms (laughs) holy smokes
1: it was almost
2: like it was was almost like he was listening before we started you know hey can you can you start with some like softball questions holy smokes um okay so unless you've been living under a rock somewhere artificial intelligence is kind of taking over everything um and in my world it is a major big deal um if you all paid attention, there was a a big strike in Hollywood with the Writers Guild, and then also with the Screen Actors Guild. And um, both of those, in one way or another, but mostly on the Screen Actors Guild side, um, there was a lot of artificial intelligence in the mix there. Um, Artificial intelligence is, right now, as we speak, Getting ready to put people in my business out of work. And specifically, who I mean by that is people who do voiceovers, uh, people who do acting like a background actor. Um, You know, you watch a scene from a movie or a TV show, you know, you have your principal actors that are on camera, and then you see these people walking around in the background. Um, They're actually getting ready to replace those people with artificial intelligence um you know writers um a lot of folks are dealing with that so i do use artificial intelligence in my business now um but it's mostly artificial intelligence that's contained already within my editing software so as a for instance i shoot a scene i take that footage and i bring it back into my editing computer and then i put the whole project together okay So there's a lot of processes inside of editing that AI now is helping to do for me that I used to have to go through all these steps, you know, to do, and now it's just doing it for me. Um, Photography is another one. Um, You can take a, a photograph now and AI can actually manipulate that photo for you and just save you hours of work in one click of a button so in a way it's making our lives easier but in another way it's actually going to put people in our business potentially very much out of work so without going too far down the rabbit hole yes i use ai and ai is a really big deal in my world right now as it is in a lot of worlds
1: yeah i've seen i've seen a video on the old TikTok the other day of a guy who wanted the you know the the photo is off center you know because horrible people Horrible. Two people take pictures sometimes. <laughs> he wanted them in the center, so he yep. got on the Photoshop and made the, the base image bigger, and then clicked clicked around the the big square that was empty and said uh, AI generative fill. And it looked like the real, you know, looked like it should have been a real picture. That's right. I'm just sitting there going,
2: man. Well, you know, as a as a for instance, I I have this, um, and if you all want to look it up, if you want to geek out on it, but. Uh, one of the, one of the cameras that I use is made by a company called DJI, and it's called the DJI DJI Ronin 4D, and it's a cinema camera that has this gimbal built into it. It's a really neat camera, but anyway, um, it actually it it's kind of like cheating. It makes me look like I know more than I do <laughs> because, um, like it 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 will do it will auto track my subject. So. Whoever I have on camera, I can click their face, and it will it will lock on to them. It'll auto focus no matter what. It'll track them while I'm moving, and that's all in a sense, kind of in that AI world. You you have these computers now that are doing a lot of that work for you. Where 20 years ago, or 15 years ago, or gosh, uh, yeah, maybe 15 years ago, you know, you have a camera operator, and they're constantly physically manipulating um you know focus and constantly manipulating the iso and these other settings where now the cameras are doing it for you automatically so in a way it it, it's it it really makes us better at what we do um but you know hopefully we don't get to a world where i'm not needed
1: i (laughs) I think you're all well at least in your lifetime you should be fine
2: yeah. Well, I'm, I'm 104. So, you know,
1: I'm you remember to, yeah. taking video on the stone tablets, right?
2: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct.
1: Oh, I'll give you a hard time. Because I can. Um, oh, buckle up. Cause Germantown runner's back. Elon Musk, <laughs> Elon Musk continues to ring the alarm bell regarding AI and it's possible sinister intentions stemming from this tech. What do you think?
2: Well, another softball question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I okay so aside from doing the video thing you know I'm really well connected to the military world um and so I I'm, I'm going to kind of use that as an example um you know can ai be used for sinister purposes absolutely 100% it's being done now like right now right now
1: yeah
2: um you know the bots and and like You know, remember, Jim, back in the day when when Twitter first came out and these other platforms, how you and I were like really trying to build a following and and trying to build up our platform and interacting with people. Well, now a lot of the people or or the folks that you're interacting with aren't even real, right? And so in terms of misinformation, disinformation, and populating your feeds, and manipulating your thoughts and what you see and how you get it. AI is already doing that. So uh, it's a really, really big deal. And if um, there's some geo uh, strategists that if you study them like I do, and you talk to them, um, like if, if, if you want to geek out, look up Ian Bremmer as an example, um, you know, like some of the best things we can do is get off social media now. Um, because nothing we're seeing or hearing anymore seems to be accurate or real. And I think misinformation and disinformation is the biggest threat we face right now with AI. Um, In the military sphere, they're battling with that right now because how much autonomy do you really give something that can kill someone, right? So there's always got to be a human in the loop, but when you're trying to process information, in in a combat scenario to target something or there's all this stuff going on ai is processing all of that for somebody and then giving them that information so that they can make better smarter faster decisions so in that way i guess it's better but anything can always be used for bad right jim i mean anything can be used for bad so yes 100 it can be used for bad purposes and i think it already is being used that way
1: Everything, everything can be used for bad purposes. Actually, Kevin and I think about this when I ask you about your chargers, and then we kind of went deep, really hard.
2: And but I think was... AI. It, just so you know, I think AI is responsible for the chargers losing. I know that's conspiracy theory, but no, I'm kidding.
1: No, you know there are people out there that think all oh, the NFL games are,
2: are staged. <laughs> I'm sorry. To...
1: So, I mean, uh, you know, like because it's entertainment and it's all staged. So,
2: who knows? Uh,
1: so, so that's how they make some money because they, um, you know, bet on the, the, <coughs> the out hey, you were just saying anything could be bad, right? Well, no, I was yeah. thinking because I, was, I I had to flip, the, flip one of the football games on because I was at a place that had a TV, that had cable, you know, because there you go. Yeah. And uh, I seen they had the little circle on the one defender they thought was going to blitz. And I'm like, no way. Sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, there he went.
2: Yeah, and, and and if you've ever if you've ever listened to Tony Romo when he when he does the commentary, it's like that guy's AI. Like he calls the things out before they even happen. You know, like how can anybody be that good? I don't know.
1: Well, he's just that smart. He's got he's uh, got it in his head.
2: I mean, apparently.
1: Which hey, know. I'll be the first to admit I didn't think he was that great as a quarterback, but he's he's great in the booth.
2: He he is fantastic. Yeah, I, I like I like him a lot.
1: So. I like I like the like um more how do I say this more modern players when they get out out of the game. I, f- I think after a certain while that it, it just kinda of declines. Like they've been <laughs> removed so far. Yeah. You take like Terry Bradshaw on his leather helmets, and I can say that.
2: <laughs> well, you know, hey, back in the day, I do have to say I think the football players were tougher. You know?
1: Well, you can say tougher, I can say stupid and we'd both be right.
2: <laughs> uh, that's a good point.
1: I don't know if the games I don't know if the games any better now. Either way. I mean there's well, nothing certainly. There, there's nothing better than watching Ed Reed or Troy Paul lay somebody out that came across the middle.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Troy Paulamalu is one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think the game today is just a little too overregulated. Um and there's some things about the old school days of football that I miss, like Palomalu and actually being able to pick up a quarterback over your head and slam him on the ground. I mean, that's kind of cool to me, you know. Uh, uh, so I don't know. It's just it's different, you know. It's uh, but I still love it. I still love football.
1: Unfortunately, it's got a call from New York, and you've been flagged for uh, roughing the roughing the passer. <laughs> right. So,
2: um... Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here, here comes Germantown runner back. But this is a much easier question for you.
2: Oh gosh, okay.
1: Hockey team: L.A. Kings or Anaheim Ducks?
2: That is a much easier question for me because I don't, I don't follow soccer at all. Oh, hockey, hockey. <laughs> I know you mean hockey. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> I don't follow soccer either. Soccer and hockey. Yeah, I don't follow it. Or basketball.
1: Why not? I mean. Like you have you have a free time Kevin why don't you follow these things oh gosh no I don't ha-
2: you know no I don't have that much free time uh but yeah no I just I grew up a football guy just you know that like that literally is the only sport I watch and then baseball on occasion and it's usually the last game or two of the world series because you know like I I, I grew up you know like with with football it's sudden death right, right. Yeah. one and done you know you don't win you're out so i kind of feel like you got to be your best on that day so these these sports where you have these like multiple game series where it determines the winner drive me bananas um number 1 and then um yeah the other sports just don't i guess you know if we're being honest i don't think they're violent enough for me <laughs> <laughs> Except hockey, I guess hockey falls into that category. Way down too. Is it? Yep. You know, I do. What I do like about hockey is what is okay. I don't know if you follow hockey, but or yeah, but isn't there? There's a rule like where they can like fully duke it out, and that's legal, right? Yep. They they can. See, if we could infuse that into football, (laughs) we could. You know, I think that would make it far more entertaining
1: to me. Um Well, you, when you grew up in San Diego, there wasn't ice within a thousand miles of there. Okay, that might be a little far. <laughs> how, how far is San Diego from Canada?
2: From where?
1: I, I need to know that. How far is San Diego to uh, Canada? Um,
2: uh, I mean, if we're just going straight north, yeah. Uh. I don't know, but you know what? I bet you Google can tell me. All right. <laughs> oh, <apparently, laughs>
1: oh, but probably we can just wait for Germantown Runner to tell us because, you know, he's already on that Google I'm looking this up.
2: San Diego to Canada. Uh...
1: What should be like 900 miles? I'd be
2: right. Well, okay. So we'll go Vancouver.
1: Yeah. That's right there in the we we'll, we'll,
2: I mean, will call that Vancouver. Okay. So it's. Uh... Hold on. It's loading 22 hours. Oof. So for 1,400 miles north. Oh, well, see,
1: price is right, then. I was, I was under.
2: <laughs> you know, and, and here's what's crazy is, is if you just look at it on a map, like over half of that, maybe I'm over half of that is all in California. Like yeah, California is a very long, tall state, so
1: just like Pennsylvania is very wide and like, you know, cause I, you know, I tell people I'm from Pennsylvania they're like, Oh, Philadelphia. I'm like, no, that's seven and a half hours away.
2: And you know, speaking of Canada, I've never been to Canada ever. Um, and the closest I've come was when I was, um, on tour with Elvis Monroe and three doors down, we went to, uh, Buffalo, New York there, uh, where Niagara Falls is. And I got to see, look across to, um, what is that, Toronto?
1: Well, that's um, Niagara, Canada, or whatever. Toronto's up further. uh
2: Yeah, what's, no, it's Toronto, right? It's like if you look directly across, there's oh, like a uh, lake. That.
1: Huh? Toronto's not that close.
2: From Niagara Falls, I think you can see
1: it. We'll be, uh, somebody will fact check. I don't subject. know.
2: I don't know. You can see something anyway. Um but yeah I've never yeah. been to Canada. It's it's too cold.
1: Oh you think it's cold? What you were there when when were you there?
2: Uh I was there in February.
1: Oh that is that's pretty cold
2: Oh yeah, it was cold. <laughs> Trust me, it was cold.
1: You've got that thin blood too.
2: Oh yeah. now I'm from San Diego. You know, anything under forty degrees is like hypothermic to me.
1: Well, good luck. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we got it. We got a we got a new question coming in from Geo Observation, who's a great member of the pond. Now he wants to know. Oh. Much, he wants to know how much of modern AI was used to reverse engineer stuff at Area Fifty One.
2: Um, my personal opinion is AI is from Area Fifty One. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea. Um.
1: that's been the hot myth right they they, you know took the stuff there and you know learned all this stuff and trickled it out so we could you know have smartphones and all this other stuff
2: yeah gosh i don't know i mean you know what's kind of crazy to me though if you think about it I, i and i don't know how much you've looked this up or not but when you know we're talking about you know semiconductors and smart chips and all this stuff and I, I looked it up and I did a little bit of research just because I was interested in it and literally these chips are so small that you have to look through a mac uh through a what do you call it the uh um,
1: telescope no
2: like a microscope
1: microscope yeah right? like on. a
2: microscope and and you have to get down and and it's getting so so small and, and the computing power what those can do. I mean, it's insane. It really is insane. Um, You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a lot is going on at area 51 and a lot of technology has been born really out of there. And, and honestly, all, all, a lot of the technology we're seeing today um, I don't know if you agree or not, Jim, but I mean, it really has a nexus from our military and our government, you know, I I don't think, you know, cause like we're the, the consumer, I don't think is going to get the best chip before it's ever been had by the military. Do you think?
1: No, no. Right. Even now. Yeah. I think everything's at least um, been military grid before we get it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I have to think that. So, you know, whatever we're seeing on the commercial side, I mean, I think you would have to go like what factor of 10 to the that the military already has, I would ah, think.
1: So, somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't know if it's quite 10, but it's I, definitely, there, you know, up there. It's a lot. Yeah. And Geo pipes up another one. See now, now he's involved here. Uh, he, <laughs> he wants to know how much better Kubrick's moon landing. He's got big quotes around that. What a video would have been had he been able to use AI.
2: Oh my gosh! Could you imagine the moon landing? That whole event in 4K, really? Like, yeah. amazing. You know, actually, what is really amazing is that, you know, kind of, in a way, this circles back to the last question of, you know, if they were able to do this in in that era and get those images back to us, right, I mean... It's pretty incredible when you think about it. What, I, you know, I don't know what the, the actual numbers are, but the computing power that was used to launch and recover the space shuttle, like your cell phone has more computing power by I don't know how many factors than, than that whole thing had, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, the moon landing today in, in ultra high definition in, in near real time, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Yeah. I seen
1: I seen some pictures from Pluto, you know, the artist formerly known as a planet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good one. Good and one.
1: and they, they were just incredible. Like how I mean, think about that long distance phone call.
2: I mean, it it really does boggle the mind because you gotta realize, you know, like I have a high school education, right? And math is not like a strong suit for me. So like to me, it's like basically magic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that this stuff is even happening. So um i mean yeah it's just it's absolutely bananas you know what is happening uh in our world and what we're able to accomplish uh from a technology perspective i mean it's really kind of an exciting okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of date myself here a little bit so i was born in 1970 so do the math so but anyway so when i was a kid you know, obviously we had we still had rotary dial phones right everything was hardwired <laughs> cell phones didn't exist yep. right um and so i've i've literally in my lifetime i've seen this technology progress right and you know it's it's actually a pretty exciting time to be alive right now it really is because um the pace at with at which things are changing is mind-boggling and it's making our world better but i i personally feel like I'm having a really hard time keeping up with it. Like younger people today, they just grow up with it. It's normal to them. And and they're just all about it all the time where, you know, it's like, basically I I go from a, you know, a horse and buggy to like a (laughs) Tesla in my lifetime. And it's like, okay, not a horse and buggy. Let's call it a Ford Pinto. I mean, it's close. I mean, it's
1: close. I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, think about it. So, I mean, it, to me you know i do because of the business i work in and the entertainment industry i have to keep up on technology so i think i do a little better than most but uh yeah it's staggering it really is staggering yes um, say.
1: well i'm just thinking back to like when the first digital cameras came out right and you took what is it 3.3 three megapixel pictures and now they're mm-hmm. taking what's the, what's your camera take kevin
2: um, well, my camera shoots 6k.
1: So that's, that's a, a ginormous file.
2: Uh, yeah, basically. Okay. So when I download my files to my computer, it basically dims the lights in my city. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's literally ridiculous and, and they have uh, cameras right now that are just shooting well in excess of that. The next generation of my camera is shooting 8k. And they've got cameras shooting well beyond that. Um, And what's funny is um, it wasn't really until very recently that that a lot of content providers actually switched to 4K, right?
1: Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, Kevin, where is it just getting to the point where we're never going to see the difference?
2: I think, hmm. To me, the holy grail. Okay, this this is the hardest in me. Okay, right. There are just certain things I don't need to see in high definition. Well, okay, <laughs> right. I, I like I don't need to see well, every the
1: listeners to this show agree with you because they get to watch me on YouTube once in a while.
2: <laughs> well, here's the here's the thing. Okay, I'm I'm gonna frame it this way. So I don't need to see every single pore in your face. I don't need to see every single hair. I don't need to see things in that much clarity, but I do wanna see it in that much clarity if I'm watching National Geographic. If I'm seeing a natural world where you can see every strand of every feather on a bird and you see the world in that kind of clarity, that makes sense to me, right? Yeah. But if you're watching a movie, what's well, here's what's hilarious, and most people won't even catch this, but when you watch a movie today, they actually add noise into the image to make it less sharp and give it more of a movie quality look. Say movie quality, meaning there's noise in it. It's a little, it's not so sharp. It's just a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, It's just not as clear. It's that old film look, meaning old film look like, you know, from 20 years ago or something. It's so clear now that they're actually, my point is it's so clear that they're actually introducing noise and other effects to it to soften it up. Where the end, other end of the spectrum is, it's so clear that it looks like you're looking through a pane of glass at the real world. And so I think that's kind of where this thing is going that when you turn on your television set, you know, your, your smart panel or whatever's on the wall it literally looks like a window like it's just so clear that it looks like you're looking into the world and i think there's something to be said for that um but i don't want to see everything that way i i do want certain things to look have a film quality or a certain quality to them that that is nostalgic for me but that's just the artist in me
1: well i'm sitting here thinking kevin um I watched a lot of those westerns with John Wayne and all that, you know, that cast of characters and those B B rule shots, you know, the mountains and the, you know, all that stuff. They just popped off so vibrant. When if you're back in the day, it makes my mind hurt. You know, I I know you do drones as well. And I've seen, you know, it's all beautiful, right? But man, that just that, whatever they did back in the day, just hit
2: different. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, they were shooting on film back then. And um, there was an art form to, okay, so the to those that may not know, the person in the film world who operates the camera on a film set is called the director of photography, right? And the director of photography, his job was to pick, you know, the right camera, the right lens, the right exposure, Um, to really frame a shot and make it look a certain way. And then when you combine that with the film of the time, you know, like say 35 millimeter film as an example, um, you could just get this luxurious look. And so to your point, Jim, if you go back and you look at these great movies that will be with us forever, we are now trying to replicate that look because the digital age has ruined it because it's too clear. It's too nice. So now we have to add other artifacts to it to get back to where we were. So everything came sort of full circle. Kind of weird how that works, huh?
1: Yeah, and I'm sitting here thinking we were just talking about AI touching things up. Well, that wasn't that wasn't happening back then. What they shot is what you got. Yeah, you know, here's to see the human of
2: it. Yeah, so here's another uh, aspect of it from a different perspective, right? So those of you that are, you know, music fans, which I am, I know you are too. But, like, if you listen to a recording of, like, let's say Elvis Presley or Led Zeppelin or the Beatles, right, there's a quality about it that is timeless. Like, you know what I mean? And so you listen to the digital music of today and it it is absolutely crystal clear and it's very clean. But there's it, you know, like back in the day, they took a lot of time to set up a certain type of a room effect. And they had to actually be in a certain type of room with a certain type of microphone, right? And there was an art to making something sound the way it did and nobody else could replicate it. It was their own recipe, right? And people tried for years to replicate and duplicate that because of the creativity behind it. Like, how did you get that sound? Well, today, everything is so crystal clear that we've lost that. And and now the trend is to try to replicate the old. So I don't want to beleaguer the point, but yeah, I think even good. as technology goes, I think there's something that we all love and we're trying to get back to it. So, so I think in a sense, the more technology grows, the more we're going to try to claw backwards and go, I, I kind of do kind of like what we used to have. There's a balance, I guess. Yeah.
1: Oh, German Town Runner is back. He's actually got two questions, but we'll go with the, we'll go with the easier one first. Okay. <laughs> what paths in life led you to create your your own content creation agency? What what got you what got you to this point?
2: Mm, that's a really good question. Um when I was really young, um I wanted to be you know like every little boy back in the day like you want to be a soldier right you know so everything was about that when i was growing up and i I thought i wanted to to go into the military and i thought i wanted to be a pilot i thought i wanted to do all the stuff and then when i was when when i got into my teen years this is in the 80s now and it was a great time to be alive because music um you know all teenagers I, i don't know what it is about you know they just gravitate to music and entertainment but You know, I really got interested in music and entertainment. And so I started playing in a band um, and went down the road of music. Um, And I was always fascinated by, you know, television making. And so I got a chance to do some background acting. So there was a bunch, you know, back in the day here in San Diego, we had a lot of TV shows and movies that were filmed here. It was a great time. Um and so I got an opportunity at a very young age to start doing some background acting and acting is a you know pretty broad term because you're not really acting, you're just walking around acting like an idiot. But the bottom line is you know, oh, wait, I got to-do be- that wait. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically they were paying me for doing what I do normally, which why wouldn't you love that job? Yeah. So but the cool thing was is being on set and being behind the scenes. And being part of a movie and TV production, I kind of got the bug for that. And I thought it was really cool. And, of course, I didn't know how any of that worked. Um, and so I, I just took an interest to it. So I worked really hard. Um, and and I got to um, kind of move up the chain, get better acting jobs, uh, nothing ever – no lead roles or anything like that, but, like, sort of, like, known background parts where – you're kind of seen often in the background kind of thing. And then I ended up getting some jobs on the crew. Um, And that's where the bug really hit was just seeing how all the just different parts work together. And then the end product is what you saw on the screen, but you got to see how it was made, just got my creative juices going. And so that's what sparked it. Um, And then all these years, you know, you're, you're learning. You don't really know what you're doing. So you're always more comfortable working for someone, right? Because you're learning. But I finally got to the point where I was like, you know, I know what I'm doing. And, and I, I know my mind and how I want to create and so i wanted to start my own company so that i could have the freedom to do what i want to do without asking or convincing or telling other people what to do and fighting that battle i wanted the freedom to do my own thing whether i succeeded or failed at least i would do it right um and so that ultimately that's where i started my own company was i wanted to do my own thing
1: and everybody kevin's being far too humble he did have that starring Roland Cops that one time.
2: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> uh, I had to though. That's a
2: show I missed too. That that's true. Hey, do you think that is the original reality show? Yes. Right? Without question. I yeah, I think that's I think that's the original reality show. And I loved that show. I mean, who doesn't love that show?
1: Yeah, because you never like you were always because, like, you know, some TV shows, um, any TV show, really, sometimes you think about flipping, right? But if you're watching cops, you're, you're kind of vested. You want to know what's coming, right?
2: Well, first of all, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, for the vast majority of people in America, like, you never get to see that happen, right? Yeah. So for that half hour or hour, you get to see this nonsense that happens on the street, and you're like, Nobody could be that stupid. And you're like, well, yeah, they actually could be that stupid. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is you come away from that realizing like how good your life is, you know, like, yeah, life isn't so bad. Or, you know, at least
1: I I can make some bad decisions, but I've never made that (laughs) one.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. It's just like, um, yeah, it was just an incredible show um and and like i said i mean that started reality tv in my opinion because i can't think of anything jim before that that was like truly that way reality yeah
1: the other thing we're missing now dive off on a tangent before we get to this next question Mm -hmm. is i i mean i wasn't really a fan but of course there was the the moments that you had to watch jerry springer Mari povich (laughs) even oprah right there's yeah all that daytime talk that I don't know, maybe it's lost its its specialness because it seems like uh everybody has a show now. Uh you know, like um I can't remember any other names because it doesn't matter, but it seems like there's yeah. all during the day, it's all over the place and it's just like mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, right?
1: Yeah, I, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, like yeah. I
2: mean I don't Drew Barrymore. Yeah, see? Like why? <laughs> <sighs> You know, I mean, it is, dude, to that point, they're still soap operas.
1: Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. (laughs) I mean, there's still people of the age that would probably. (sighs)
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, some of that daytime TV stuff is still the same, kind of cracks me up. Um, Yeah. I mean, some things have stayed the same. I mean, the faces have changed, but yeah. I mean, I don't get into that stuff, but.
1: Yeah, you know, that's just me. Yeah, well, I rather I, I think the problem is this is a, another live sports is king, right? Anything else you can watch any other time? These daytime TV shows, anything else, right? You can get it on demand. You can get it on the streaming app, whatever, right? And you don't really risk knowing, you know, I mean, besides, there is a couple bigger shows you have to watch live, right? Mm-hmm. Because there is a ton of people. You know, Xing about it. That doesn't even sound right. Uh. <laughs> right.
2: Well, you know, okay, so here's the thing. So, to your point, okay, so if you have a show or a live event or any type of show, you know, like social media ruins it for you. It's like spoiler alerts, right? Like yeah. if you're watching a, you know, if you haven't got to that episode yet, you know, you could inadvertently see something and you're like, oh my gosh. I just totally missed it um but yeah i mean i i do like the fact that i don't know about you but i like the fact that i can kind of watch things when i want to watch them because my life doesn't you know conform to you know when something airs and by the way you, you you want to know an interesting fact you ready for this
1: oh sure
2: i watch almost no television
1: oh i'm not surprised
2: It drives my girlfriend bananas. Here's why. I know how everything's made. I cannot watch TV. I can't watch movies. I can't watch series. Because I see it so differently than everyone else. It drives her crazy. So yeah, I have a hard time even watching it.
1: I get it because there are times that, like right now, I've had to stop listening to all my podcasts that I listen to because I get so frustrated because The guy isn't asking the damn questions, right? Like, Uh and it's just like, I can't, so I get it. Okay. So question, this comes from Germantown Run. Has your, was your industry affected by the recent strikes of the writers and the actors out there in Hollywood?
2: Uh, My industry was not, uh, I'm non-union.
1: Ooh.
2: no. -hmm. I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel. Yeah. I don't, I don't deal with, um. I don't deal with any union issues whatsoever. That's and that's a you. good thing.
1: As I say, that's probably easier. And the next one from him. Is, uh, uh, he wants you to talk about the ugly belly of the content creation industry in Southern California. And can you spill some ugly tea?
2: The ugly underbelly of the content industry. In Southern
1: California.
2: Um, ooh. I don't really know how to... I don't know how to approach that. So, like, okay. So what I do is not nearly in the fray. Like, uh, if you're t- okay. So if you're talking about network type stuff like Netflix, Hulu, CBS, ABC, that place is just an utter disaster. Like that. That is just that could be a reality show in and of itself. I mean, that world is so full of crazy that I can't even begin to tell you. Like that is just a bananas world what i do is not nearly that it's not even in the same it's almost not even in the same world in a way um we have our underbelly i guess i like i'm really fortunate because i have a group of clients that i work with that i've been working with for years and like we're f- like no kidding we're friends like we've known each other so long that that there's a personal relationship now between my clients and me so um i'm very fortunate um but yeah there's some really crazy stuff that happens but not really like if you're talking network level stuff yeah it can get pretty crazy but i don't know exactly what he i don't know how to focus in on that question but yeah there's crazy
1: so we'll double down with the follow-up here is the legacy media quote-unquote broadcast and cable dead
2: I would say dying. Slow and painfully. Yeah, I would say dying. Um, And it's the same thing in a sense that happened to the music industry. Um, uh, You know, we used to have to go to a record store and buy a record, right? (laughs) And then um, so you had all these stores all over every town, record stores, right? Every shop, everybody had tapes You do realize records are making a comeback, right? Which is cool. Like I think that that's super cool, um, but back to my point.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't interrupt.
2: You. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Because you, I could have gone down a whole other rabbit hole on that. But so we used to have to actually physically go buy the record, the you know the record, yeah. the, the the medium, and play it right. And so you had all these businesses that were catering to that. And then along came the what was that first one? The 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 I what was it? The I not the iPad, but the i oh, Apple came out with the first oh, uh, iPod. iPod, right? Yeah. When the iPod was invented, like, that shocked everybody because now music became digital. And literally, it killed that part of the industry. And so that industry evolved over time to where we're at now. And by the way, it's still bad for them. And so now we've gone back to these bands make their money on tour and selling swag and selling these other things, because that's really the only thing that they can truly control now is the concerts, which is kind of cool because I love concerts, but, um, but so it's the same thing with the television industry is, um, the broadcast networks, their business model is advertising. It's always been advertising, right? Yeah. And so now that you have all these different platforms and ways to consume your entertainment, it's, yeah, it's killing them. And radio is another one that's that's in life support.
1: Yeah, I, I noticed that AM radio is getting phased out.
2: Yeah, it's on life support. Um, because, you know, you don't need that signal anymore. And you can get audio content like podcasts like yours um, a bunch of different ways now. And so there's too much competition. Um, and the advertising model and the business model doesn't work uh, anymore for them, and so yeah, it's yeah.
1: So, this is just me being me here. I have to tell you, I was so thrilled when music went digital for a number of reasons, right? Oh, yeah, but the most important one was I used to mow when I mowed, I had a, a CD player in my hand, right? Mm-hmm. And my yards not necessarily flat as a pancake. You know, how many times I would have that skip. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like it was ridiculous. So when I got my first MP3 player, man, that was like a gold sign. When, cause I could just listen. And, dude, uh, you're it. not,
2: dude, listen, I'll outdo you on that one. You're not even old enough to remember this. Do you know what a boombox is? Yes, I do. Dude, I used to ride a bicycle with a boombox on my shoulder, supporting that with my right arm while I rode a bicycle. You know how dangerous that is. I'm surprised I survived childhood, and now you can just put a pair of headphones on and get a digital feed into your eardrum. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, I had to. I mean, think what kind of child abuse that is. I had to ride with a boombox on my shoulder. That's just dangerous.
1: Yeah, well, we'll think about what you're doing right now. You connected via Bluetooth, right? You <laughs> <in> <laughs> right.
2: Right.
1: That's ridiculous. Okay. So I'm sitting here thinking about all this changes. So what's the one thing you want to happen in 2024? We're just going to then visualize visualized things here for you.
2: Um. Wow. Well, okay. So I hope, okay, this is, this is going to take a super, super huge right turn. Um, I hope we become better people. Really, I I just hope we become better people. I hope that we stop uh, fighting each other. I hope I want, there's so much politics and division. People are beautiful, man. Um, And uh, I'm just sick of the negativity in this world. I'm just sick of all of it. Um, there's so many cool people that are doing such great things. And to me, you know, we're talking about technology and we're talking about all these things that actually don't bring people together. They take them farther apart. And I just want people to turn all that crap off. I just want people to turn off the internet. I want them to turn off social media. I want you to pick up a phone. I want you to call somebody and actually talk to somebody instead of texting. I want you to spend time talking to your neighbors Um, I just, I just, what I want for 2024 is just people to be better to one another and just focus on human interaction and being better people ourselves and to each other. And that's going to make a better world. I mean, technology and all these other things that can make our world great, but if we're bad people, it doesn't matter, you know? So to me, maybe it's because I'm just getting older, you know, I would just, Mm -hmm. I just want I just want more interaction with people and and stop being so divisive and and so much violence and craziness and you know stress and homelessness and I I you know I just want a better world for you and I so your kids and my kids and everybody can have a more meaningful life whatever it is we do and you know that's I guess that's the big John Lennon speech in me but yeah I just want better for us that's what I hope changes yeah I agree better huh? people
1: I'm thinking, you know, just more purpleness, right? Because there are so many things either side can agree on or agree to roughly. Let's focus on them and get that stuff done and we'll worry about the the fringes on both sides at some point. But right now we just need to get back on the highway, back in our lanes and um
2: <laughs> right? You know, you know the thing is, Jim, we're not that different, man. We're just not that different. I mean, you and I got to know each other over 10 years ago and we're not that different. We become friends um, and you meet people, you talk to people. We're not that different, really. You know, yeah, me, and, and, and one of those
1: Californians that I doubted all my life.
2: Right. You know? um Yeah. We have more in common than not. So yeah, that's what I hope for. We're just better to each other. That's, that's
1: cool. So um, give the website one more time and plug the the uh, podcast for the the fighter pilot again before we go here
2: sure so yeah so my website is shogunmediausa.com and it's spelled s-h-o-w-g-u-n media at g uh usa.com sorry and then the email um, address right
1: there too folks no.
2: <laughs> basically um and then uh the fighter pilot podcast yeah, so just The Fighter Pilot Podcast. So look it up on uh, YouTube and you'll
0: find it.
1: I don't know if you've been on since we started this little new age tradition from Gio who uh, started, I don't know when this started, maybe he remembers, but he popped up there one night um, to ask the guests this as the final question. I've been doing it damn near every week since. Um, okay. What's your favorite breakfast?
2: Ooh... Man, okay. Favorite breakfast:
1: avocado toast. We know it. Come on, sunny California, pull through, dude.
2: That is that is such a California answer. (laughs) I see. I know you want me to say that, but I'm not going to say it. Um, No, you know, bacon and eggs, man. Okay, bacon and eggs, eggs and and some uh, either hash browns or country potatoes. I mean, that's you know.
1: So, Kevin, how are we cooking your eggs? Scrambled over easy?
2: Uh, Over medium.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. I was like, what what does this idiot mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want it runny. Yeah, I know. It took me a minute, because, you know, (laughs) I don't hear that one every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kevin, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you giving me the time. It really has been over 10 years, hasn't it? No, good God.
2: Yeah, it has been over ten years, and uh, no, I really do appreciate you having me back on and and thinking about me. It's good to talk to you and uh, to all your uh, your listeners out there. Thanks for listening to me blabber for an Let's hour. A
1: few old friends catch up because this seems to be the only time we talk.
2: Yeah, <laughs> No, <laughs>
1: no, we, no. T- we 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 trade messages at least. So I keep my my tabs kind of on him. He's a busy yes, so to keep Yes, up sir. Yes, <laughs> sir. All right. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Yep. Talk to you soon.
2: Okay. Bye. It's the Mallard Report. Yeah, the Mallard
1: Report. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think.